you're either moving in the direction of your dream or you're moving away from it. You're putting up walls and obstacles by numbing yourself, by ignoring, by distraction, by coming up with a million things that you got to do instead. Whatever our human reasons are for not pursuing our work, like our personal goal, our personal desire, a better version of ourselves, whatever that may be, when someone close to us actually does it, we're either inspired to make change or we feel very uncomfortable about what's happening. And most people aren't even conscious of why they feel uncomfortable. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the show. I know I look like a like wedding singer in the 80s. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that I'm holding a microphone. Actually, I didn't check the sound and we're good. I am recording this podcast out on the road. I actually, the next several podcasts that I'm creating in real time will happen not at home because we are traveling a ton over the holidays. So right now I'm in Hawaii with my kids and then I'll go from here to London. Yeah, it's a lot. And then from London to Switzerland to go skiing. So it's a pretty hectic time of year. And I have my equipment with me. But in this instance, I literally have a portable microphone and I'm holding it in my hand if you can't see me. Uh, so it's just <laughs> we're making it work, y'all. That's what we do. We make it work. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, 
That means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I really wanted to record this episode in real time because I don't know if you're like me, but this time of year, there's so much going on in terms of holiday prep. There's presents to buy and cookies to bake and meal planning and what are we doing and where are we going and how do we make this special for the family? How do we make this special for the kids and all of those things. And I'm really blessed by the experience of the holidays. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, I don't know if you're like this, but I think in a lot of ways I am kind of trying to create what I didn't have when I was younger. So I feel not only blessed to get to do this with my kids, but also probably a big part of my inner child is like so pumped for all the things that we do this time of year. That being said, I think I can confidently speak for most parents when I say that this time of year also then becomes in most ways about what you're doing for the kids or about what you're doing for your family. Like there's so much time that we put into and energy that we put into making sure that the experience for them is all that it can be and that they're having the most fun and that we're creating those memories and keeping traditions alive. And there's a lot of output that is required from us this time of year. And for me, it's pretty easy to feel exhausted by that. When you have four kids and you're doing all the things, it can feel really tiring. And so what makes me excited and actually feeds my spirit this time of year is really starting to dream about the new year. If you are new here, then let me tell you, I don't know if there's anything that I love more than the first couple weeks of January. You've got New Year's Eve, always fun. You've got New Year's Day, which for me is all about intention setting. Where are we going? What are we going to do? Who do we want to be? Yes, I know this is like major Capricorn vibes. This is major Enneagram 3 vibes. Like this is who I am. I'm very future mindset. I love to dream and plan and think of like, okay, where are we going? What are we doing this year? So I love the first couple weeks of January for that reason, but also my birthday is in the first couple weeks of January and I'm going to be 40 this year and I've been so excited to jump into my 40s. I have basically made the decision that I'm not doing a birthday. I'm not even doing a birth month. I'm doing a birth year. I'm celebrating 40 all year long. Why not? I feel like when I was growing up, it was always this thing in movies and in TV when women would turn 40, like, oh my God, you're over the hill. Like, do you remember when we thought that being 40 was old? It seems like hilarious now because I feel the best I've ever felt. And I feel like I'm just getting started. So the fact that when I was little, I thought, man, if you hit 40, like you're done. No, I feel like I'm just, let's go. The world is our oyster. And the older I get, the more I learn to love myself and the more I figure myself out and the more I 
just care so much less about what other people think of me and just things I used to like really obsess over when I was younger. I just, I let go of them more and more as I get older. So I'm really excited about this January. I'm always excited about every January. But part of that is because that's what feeds my spirit. And I think we are this endless well of energy and love and support for others as long as we are being poured into, as long as we are having our cup filled back up. I've told this story many times on stage that I heard years ago. An older woman said, I want you to imagine that you are an empty vase. So right now, wherever you are, you're listening to this. Imagine that you are an empty vase made of glass. And you're sitting on a table, this empty vase made of glass, and there's a pitcher of water that's being poured into this empty glass vase. And that water is your life force. That's everything you need. That's love. That's joy. That's God, universe, source, energy, everything's being poured into you, poured into you, poured into you. And the beauty of this scenario is that that well is endless. It will never run out. But as women, when we're aware of what's being poured into us, our instinct is that we want to then give what's being poured into us to the kids to our parents, to our sister, to our community, to our church family. Imagine the vase, and the vase knows that water is being poured into it, and it's it tries to tip over, right? It like tips a little bit, and it splashes some water out on the kids, and it tips over here, and it splashes some water out on everybody at work, and it tips over here, and this is for my online community, and this is for my church family, and this is for my brother and his wife, and this is, and we just keep trying to spill the water in us. We keep pouring it out on others, pouring it out on others, pouring it out on others, but what happens to a glass vase if it keeps pouring itself, tipping, 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 and the table gets wet and it's tipping, 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 eventually the glass face falls over and it shatters. That's what burnout is. It's getting to a place where you are so depleted in your efforts to take care of everybody else that you crash and you break. Now, The alternative is, what happens if that glass face, if you, if I, we were just to stand tall and firm, right? If we were, you know, head back, chest out, heart open, if we held ourselves with with poise and with grace and we stood firmly on the table and we allowed this life-giving water to be poured into us, what would happen if the vase stands still and the water pours into it? Eventually, the water will get all the way to the top and it'll spill out onto everybody else in our life. They'll be blessed by the overabundance of life and energy not because we gave them every single piece of what we have, but because we focus on self-care and self-love, because we focus on things that gave us energy and gave us life, and then we were better able to take care of everyone else around us. So for me, that's what this time of year is. 
It's a time of year where I am pouring out on others, but I'm allowing myself to begin to get excited about what I want to do for myself at the beginning of the year. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Every single year, for as long as I've had a podcast, I have done an episode about something that I call a calendar audit. It is a practice that I've had for years where you review the year behind you and you look at what worked, what didn't work, what do you want to add more of, how do you want to eliminate things, where did you lose a ton of time. The calendar audit is chef's kiss. It is so freaking good. I have done it every year and I have done episodes about it every year because it's so powerful. That episode always plays the last week of the year. So it'll come out next week and I want to make sure to remind you to listen to it because today's episode, they're twins. They're besties. They're like this one, that one, take the world on like Laverne and Shirley there. I mean, it's like, <laughs> nobody's going to get that reference. 
I knew that the calendar audit episode was coming and I was like, is there something that I could add to this? Is there something that I can do? Because if I think about it, a calendar audit is all about what has happened in the past. And I think it's really important to review what has happened in the past to help you figure out what you want to do in the future. But reviewing the past isn't nearly as exciting as beginning to imagine and dream what comes next. So that's what today's episode is about. I want to help you set your intention for where you are and where you're going to go. And if you are listening to this episode, let's say you're listening to it, it's coming out the week of Christmas and you feel like, girl, sister, I have, I am so overwhelmed. I got presents to her. I do not have the mindset to listen to this. I want you to dog ear this page, put a little tab, put a pin in it, come back after Christmas, after Hanukkah, when you're feeling better, when you're stronger, when you've got like all whatever you need, when you're ready to take on the new year, that's what this episode's about. Or you can do like I do. I'm spending a lot of time this week watching motivational YouTube videos, listening to great podcasts, when I'm wrapping gifts, when I'm driving the kids around and I'm going to the mall later today to get some gifts I haven't gotten yet. I am filling myself with just little snippets because I don't have a ton of time, but little snippets of keeping me reminded of what's coming that New Year's coming, that planning day's coming. I'm realizing that I'm sounding like such a dork right now, but I know I'm not the only person that geeks out over a New Year plan. So you can listen to this episode, get hyped, and then come back when you're ready to plan your year or just put a little pin in this one and come back when you feel like you've got the energy to take it on. But today's episode is to set your intention. How do we set our intention for 2023 to be the best version of ourselves. When I was laying this out and I was trying to think of, I was trying to think of all of the ways that I like to set my intention for the year. The first place I started was with choosing a word, choosing a word for the new year. And then I started laying things out and I realized that I had accidentally in my, in my notes here, I had accidentally done a math equation. I realized that one thing I laid out was something for you to add. One area that I want to talk about is what you need to subtract. Another area I realized was multiplication, division, and then the equal sign. This is the perfect equation to set your intention. I don't know. I'm going to think of a great title for it. I don't know what it is yet. But basically just know that our theme today is going to be math related because that's just what randomly fell out as I begin to write out this episode. Let's start where I think we need to start every single thing we ever do when it comes to goal setting or laying out a vision. And that is we are going to start with the end in mind. We're going to start with where we want to end up. So this is actually the equal sign. This is like, all right, if we were doing an equation and you and I are mapping out our perfect year, then what do we want to come at the end of the equal sign? That is our focus. 
That is the carrot that we dangle in front of the rabbit. That is the finish line that we are aiming for. That's the direction we're meant to go. And that is the piece that is missing from most people's equation. Most people, predominantly human beings, are looking for what to add. They are looking for what to add to their life. They're like, if I add this workout plan, if I add this coach, if I read this book, watch this uh, YouTube video, listen to this podcast, if I add one great friend, if I add a mentor, if I get another job, another car, another house, if I can make a thousand more dollars, human beings are looking for what they need to add. But you are a whole being. You are 360 degrees. You are three-dimensional, five-dimensional. You're not one thing. And if you just keep adding crap to your life with no intentionality about why you're adding these things, you're going to be overwhelmed by all your stuff. You're going to be overwhelmed by all the things that you have and not spending nearly enough time figuring out, hey, what needs to be taken away? Where do I divide this? How can I more strategically plan out my year? Most humans are only looking at one thing. But if we want to be intentional, if you want to actually make traction against the person that you know in your heart you are called to be, then you have to start first with where you want to go. Now, When you listen to the calendar audit episode, and I really want to encourage you, if you've been with me for a while and you've listened to that episode before, listen to it again. That's the kind of thing you can tap back into every single year because it's a strategy. It's literally like, get out a journal, get out your calendar. Here's what you're doing. Write this down. It's like almost like I'm teaching a class, but in a podcast episode. So give it a listen. But in that, I talk a lot about figuring out where it is you want to go. And essentially, I want you to ask yourself, if you were going to show up this year, if you were going to stop playing small, whatever that means to you, if you were going to push outside that comfort zone, if you're going to walk in the direction of the dream that you have for yourself or your family, if this is the year that you build the nonprofit, if this is the year you start your own business, if this is the year you do a podcast, if this is the year you write the book, if this is the year you get out of debt, whatever the dream is, if this is the year, what does you showing up for your life look like? So years ago, I went to a personal development conference. It was my first personal development conference. And essentially, this was kind of the question that was being asked. It was like, man, if if you were the version of yourself, like in your heart of hearts, when you're being super honest with yourself, when you're not talking yourself out of it, when nobody's voice is in your head, when you just have absolute belief, what is that thing? And what I saw in my mind, now imagine this is like six years ago or something. What I saw in my mind was this version of myself that wrote books, spoke on stages, had her own conference, made movies, had a really successful podcast. Essentially, everything that I was looking at was working inside of media at the highest levels with the intention of creating content that helped people 
to reach for a better version of themselves. That was my vision six years ago. That is my vision still today. But today, the differences that I'm actually living the vision that I saw. Back then, I had a blog, but wasn't really doing like super duper well. I had a fan base, but it was very small. I, gosh, I must have written, I had written books, but it was fiction. I hadn't leaned into personal development at all because every time I sort of imagined that type of thing, that voice in the back of my mind would be like, who are you? Who are you to tell people ideas for how to live better? Who are you to speak to women? Like just the same as you guys, like that voice in the back of my mind that tries to tell me that someone else is more qualified. Someone else can do this. Someone else is better. Someone else is stronger. Someone else is cooler. Someone else is better spoken. I mean, I could all day come up with a list of reasons why I shouldn't be the one But on that day, just for a little while, I turned off that voice. Just for a little while, I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. Talk to me later. But for right now, if I just allowed myself to believe, what would this look like? And in that visualization process, I saw this. I saw this version of me. And couldn't have imagined like how big it would be or how much success would come or what would happen when I stepped into it or like the mistakes I would make or the amazing stuff that I can't even believe I've gotten to live out. I couldn't have seen what it was because I feel like God always has a bigger vision for us than we have for ourselves. And that is certainly true of me. But what I could see was just, oh, I want to create in media at the highest level. If I was going to do that, what is the word that I would call that thing? And this could be anything. You know, if you were or maybe still are into giving keys, this was really popular that you would you would have your word engraved on a key, you'd wear it on a chain around your neck. And then when you no longer needed that word, you'd give it to someone who needed it more. Choosing a word is not my idea. That's so it's been done for so long. But for me that day, I was just trying to come up with a word that really symbolized this thing I saw in my mind. And so I Googled media leader, media boss, media whatever, and what finally came up was the word mogul. And I remember sitting in that conference being like, mogul, a media mogul. Holy crap. Oprah's a media mogul. Ted Turner's a media mogul. Like people who are at the highest level of what they do in this space. And I definitely saw a different way that I wanted to do it, but that word was like, holy shit, your word should scare you a little bit. And that word scared me. So I was like, yeah, that's the word, mogul. And I got so pumped up about it. And that day I was like, I'm getting this word tattooed. It was that serious to me. It was that big a deal because I felt like for the first time in my adult life, I was remembering who my childhood self believe she might be. 
It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Not that my childhood self like even knew the word mogul or had that vision, but the little girl version of me, she dreamed big and she had mad belief in herself. And I remembered her that day. She like embodied me again that day. I don't know how else to describe it. And I was so pumped up by the idea that I was like, I want this tattoo. And I didn't have tattoos. Ironically, I didn't have tattoos because my husband at the time hated tattoos. And for as long as we had been together, he would tell me like all of these opinions he had about, you know, if someone had tattoos, they were this. And if someone had tattoos, they were that. And there was like such stupid antiquated shit from like his childhood and what his parents told him. And... I came back from that conference, it changed. I was a changed human being, which was the beginning of a big shift in our relationship. Because when you call your shot and you go through a metamorphosis like that and you see something like really big and bold for yourself, you're going to have to have a very strong partner or a partner who is on a similar evolution or a partner that's very secure in themselves. And I didn't, I didn't have that. And we like, I've written about that. We both, when we were still married, talked about that time period a lot. So it's not news, but changing was hard enough, but I don't know if anything was as upsetting as me deciding that I was going to get a tattoo. And I was going to get a tattoo with this word. It was one thing to change, but it was another to have that word tattooed on my body. And I went with my two best girlfriends, Sammy and Beans. And the word is actually in Sammy's handwriting. And I remember he came to the tattoo parlor and he was so upset. It was crazy. Like I actually, in retrospect, really should have realized in that moment how misaligned we were and how wrong things would eventually become. He was so upset by me getting the tattoo. He left the tattoo parlor. When we got home, he like cried and he was like so upset with me. And it was crazy. And I think like naively... I really thought, oh, he's upset because I got a tattoo and he has all these beliefs about people with tattoos. But really, I think that on some inner knowing subconscious level, he understood that that was a really big crossroads, like that I had headed in a direction and it was the first time that I had done something for me, by myself, and that he didn't approve of. And I tell this piece of the story because 
when we call our shot and when we choose to focus on something, you guys know this. Most of the people in your life will not like you doing what you're about to do. Now, chances are if you say like, hey, guys, I'm going to train for a marathon this year. I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this thing. There's a good chance that at the beginning, people are like, oh, that's so cool. We love this for you. But as you begin to do it, as you keep your word to yourself, as you keep showing up, as you invest more and more time in the thing that you're doing, that's when you'll start to get the pushback. That's when people start to say snide comments. That's when I was reading this article the other day where uh, an author was talking about when she had started to get work. Like she had always kind of written and wanted to be a published author and wanted, and when her pieces started to get published and when things started to happen for her, her husband, who was also a writer, wasn't getting that kind of attention and wasn't getting those accolades. And when she said like, oh, they were at a dinner party or something. And she was like, yeah, I'm really excited. You know, I just got tap to write this article for like something big. It was like the Atlantic or the New York Times or whatever. And her husband sort of jokingly, but not joking because it's passive aggressive, said to the table, like, oh yeah, another thing for her to abandon me and the kids over. And everyone kind of laughed it off. And you and I both know that wasn't a joke, right? The, those are those little digs and those little things that your mother-in-law says, your partner says, your best friend say, we never see you anymore. You're so different. You've changed. Like all of this stuff that people use, I want you to understand as you go into this new year and you start to dream of something for yourself, y'all, it's not personal. It feels personal, but it's not personal. When someone tries to like dig in, give you crap, push back, say passive aggressive things. When someone does that, it is because your evolution is holding up a mirror to them. You weren't kidding around. You didn't sign up for the 5K and then bail. You didn't try the thing and then give up. You kept with it. You kept going. And when you start to have momentum, that's going to freak out people who are not doing what they know they should be doing. Those people might not want to have the same dream that you have, but they've got a dream. You're either moving in the direction of your dream or you're moving away from it. You're putting up walls and obstacles by numbing yourself, by ignoring, by distraction, by coming up with a million things that you got to do instead. Whatever our human reasons are, for not pursuing our work, like our personal goal, our personal desire, a better version of ourselves, whatever that may be, when someone close to us actually does it, we're either inspired to make change or we feel very uncomfortable about what's happening. And most people aren't even conscious of why they feel uncomfortable. They will come at you in a million different ways. They might not even blame it on 
the work you're doing. They might not even say, oh, it's making me feel this way that you're so busy now. You're being rude or I feel like we're disconnected or we've lost our intimacy. They'll couch it in other things. But what is really happening is that our change is prompting triggers in them. And that is their work. That is not our job to figure out. But man, is it the number one way that most people will give up on the dream that they have for themselves because they don't want to inconvenience people they love. They don't want people to be upset with them. They don't want people to be disappointed. They don't want people to be frustrated. When I think back at that version of me who called her shot and said, man, I want to be a mogul and I want it so bad. I want to remember this word. I'm going to have it tattooed on my body. Like this is going to be my focus. I didn't do anything except for the tattoo. I didn't do anything that was an inconvenience to my partner or my children. You've probably heard me tell the story. I got up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I wrote the book I wanted to write before anyone else woke up because I didn't want anyone to be upset with me. And I remember when I would get down sort of towards the end of a chapter, the end where I really wanted to do some focused work, I remember what a big deal it was for me to ask my husband at the time if he would watch the kids. Like I worked full time just like he did. And so on the weekends, I was like, hey, could I get like an hour? Could I get an hour and a half to go to Starbucks? And I would get it, but grudgingly. I would get it, but not without a guilt trip later. I would get it, but not without pushback. And actually, if I could go back in time and do it again, what I would love to encourage you guys is stop asking permission to be able to pursue your dream. Like if I could go back in time, I would maybe work more efficiently at my work so that I could have some hours when the kids were at preschool. And then you, so I didn't have to ask his permission to do this thing. Or I would have figured out how to get a babysitter. I would have done something where I set it all up and then I went and did it. I wouldn't have asked him to help because it reinforced this belief in me that I needed his buy-in to have this dream. And I think that that slowed me down in so many ways and added a layer of guilt and grief and hardship to a process that was already hard enough. And so if I could go back in time, I would find a way to pursue the dream without asking anybody for help. Now, maybe you have an amazing partner. Today, I have an amazing partner. I have a partner who is not intimidated by my success in any way and is so supportive and just go do your thing. And we're here for the holiday and there is no sitter and we don't have any family around. And I'm on deadline for a book. And the reason this is all fresh in my mind is I'm on deadline for a book, but I really 
don't feel like it's appropriate for me to leave, go to a coffee shop or do whatever. And I don't need much time. I've been riding long enough that I don't need a ton of time to be able to do what I need to do. But I need about an hour and a half and I haven't been riding since we got here because it's holiday and it's my time with the kids. And the not riding though is very stressful because it's my job and there's an editor waiting for a book. And yesterday he was like, why aren't you writing? And I said, oh, I, you know, I've tried a couple times. Like I've tried to write Set No Up on an iPad with her headphones and, you know, I'll work and check, but it, it's hard to stop and start. And I get frustrated and I don't want my frustration to bleed out on them. So I'm like, it's just better. I'll just not write. And he was like, oh, no, don't do that. He's like, I'm here. The teenagers are here. We can cover the little ones while you go write. Like, just go down to the coffee shop and get an hour and get it. And he's like, if you get there and you're in flow state, you just keep going. Like, we will man the fort. He's like, you are going to be such a better person for all of us if you're not stressed about missing a deadline. The vase thing again. Let it be filled up. I am in a position now where... I have support around me that the help doesn't come with conditions. Once upon a time, asking for help or asking for permission to pursue this thing for myself, it came with conditions. So if you've got an incredible group around you, you've got someone that you can lean on that won't make it conditional, that won't turn around and be like, bah, 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 and you're doing this and you're doing that, or, you know, I have women in my family who love to help others, but then will hold it over their heads later. Like if that's your family, you figure out how to pursue this dream on your own. Don't think that you need to ask somebody else for permission to become a better version of yourself. Find a way to do it on your terms where, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. You might have to wake up super early. You might have to do those things. We do what we have to do to get where we want to go. But man, if I could go back in time, I would talk my younger self through how crazy it was to like come hat in hand begging other people to believe in the dream. Because it was like, man, if I could convince my family, if I could convince my in-laws, if I could convince my partner that I really could be an author, if I can convince them, then maybe they'll allow me to do this without making me feel like crap for wanting to do this. But I didn't have that kind of self-esteem in this area yet. So I say that to you now, the goal that you have for yourself, the dream that you have for yourself, you are as worthy as everyone else that you give worth to. This man over here, like he gets to have the life he wants to live, whatever the partner wants, whatever the husband wants, whatever boyfriend wants, whatever daddy wants. Like we're taught, at least I was taught culturally that that's how we were supposed to be. And so we bought into the idea that we weren't allowed to step outside of our lane unless they encouraged it and thought it was great. So just know that when you call the shot, when you figure out the equal sign, if it's a little scary, if it's a big dream, if it's a, if it's a level up for you, 
there's a really solid chance that you're going to encounter pushback. That just is what it is. That is the price of admission. You don't have to be upset by it. You don't have to be made emotional. You don't have to take it personally. You can just accept it as what it is and stay focused on where you're going. But in order to stay focused on where you're going, you've got to know what's the word. What's your version of mogul? Maybe it's love, joy, peace. Just keep naming the fruits of the spirit. Maybe it's singer, author, teacher. Maybe it's energy, power. Like it should be a word that really fires you up, that makes you excited about where you're headed. Like it should be a thing. What is that word for you? As you dream of this focus, as you dream of what the word is, a word that can kind of encompass all that you see for the year ahead. I just want to add a little caveat. I want to add a little thought on law of attraction and what we manifest into our lives. Because I used to choose a word at the top of every year. And, you know, I told you my word was mogul. And then going into 2019, my career had exploded in 2018 and I was going a million miles an hour into 2019. And at the top of that year, I was like, life is crazy. Work is amazing, but crazy. It's chaos. It's meteoric. It's a rocket going a billion miles an hour. I need to choose a word that implies strength. I need to choose a word for 2019 that will help me remember how strong I am. And I chose the word warrior. I was like, that's what I need. I need to remember that I'm a warrior and that I'm strong and I'm headed into battle and I can take it. And I'm, you know, warriors in training and they're ready and like all of these things, warrior mentality. I fed into it. I bought into it. I loved it. That word made me feel powerful and strong. And I'll tell you what, I got about three quarters of the way through the year and I was like, oh crap. All these things that I associate with warrior, there's a lot of negative connotation in my mind around it. 2019 was one of the hardest years for me emotionally in terms of being able to manage myself and my career. I felt so overwhelmed by what was happening. I felt out of control and I just kept coming back to like warrior, warrior, like I'm in a war and I'm strong enough. And Y'all, we know enough about law of attraction to understand what happens when we create a reality where we think we are in a war and we have to be strong enough. Like, hey, I'm going to keep getting my butt kicked. I'm going to keep getting knocked down. I'm going to make myself strong enough to stand back up again. Like, that's what I was telling myself. And we create our reality. So that was my reality for the entire year. As a counterbalance, what if the word I had chosen was centered? What if it was calm? What if it was peaceful? How different would my experience have felt if I had picked a word that had a more beautiful energy surrounding it? 
there are times where you need that warrior spirit. But I think we have to be very careful about what the word brings up for us and what we might possibly be creating or manifesting energetically by choosing that as the focus. So something to think about as you go into this new year is like, I always say at conference when we we have the audience choose their word, I always say like, the word should scare you a little bit. You should be like, oh, hell yeah. And also like, oh, dang, I don't know if I can pull this off. This is a big deal. So yeah, let's start there. Let's start with where do we want to end up? Who do we want to be this year? And what is a word that really allows that to ring true for us? Now, let's get into the math of our equation. Let's start with the idea of subtraction. I said most human beings are obsessed with this idea of addition, but let's start with subtraction. I'm sure I've talked about this in the podcast before. Actually, I was just having dinner with my best friends a couple weeks ago, and I was talking about this idea going into the new year that I am obsessed with the idea of Michelangelo carving the statue of David. If you're not familiar, please Google image the statue of David. Absolutely stunning. And what is shocking, if you've never seen it in person, is that it is so massive. And the story of David is really interesting because they brought this huge piece, I forget how much it weighed, this massive piece of Carrera marble into a churchyard. And I want to say that they hired like four different artists to try and carve it. So the Medici was this family in ancient Italy who funded arts and science and culture, and they are they funded the Italian Renaissance. And one of the things that they wanted to do in Florence was they wanted to have a mythical heroes out of marble. And I forget, I want, I'm totally spacing on who had already been carved. But basically the next hero was David from the, from the Bible. It's a story of David and Goliath. And they wanted someone to carve David. So they got this first artist to come in and he chipped away at it. And he was like, the marble's crap. And then someone else worked on it and they were like, they couldn't do it. And I honestly think it was like four people before they got around to Michelangelo. And Michelangelo was fairly young, hadn't really done anything to make him able to create David. But they kind of didn't care at that point because so many people had tried and this marble had stayed in the churchyard for years, rained on, stormed on, weathered. It's like an eyesore. So yeah, let the kid take a crack at it. And if I'm not mistaken, he worked on the statue for two years and it's absolutely stunning. And it's an incredible story because he didn't actually have the skill to carve David when he started the process, he had to learn along the way, which is freaking such a beautiful lesson for each and every one of us. Because if you're choosing a word and calling a shot that makes you a little scared, you're not actually yet 
the person you're going to need to become in order to pull that thing off. Michelangelo jumped into the deep end and learned how to swim once he got there. He got out over those skis and he was like, all right, let's see what we can do. Such an incredible story. But my favorite part is that when he was asked about that statue, he said, oh, I, I didn't, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't carve David. I just removed everything that wasn't David. Every time I think about that, I, I mean, it's so good. It's so freaking good. Because so many people are out here trying to add things to their life, thinking that that's what's going to fix it. Mm-mm. I actually think that you become the better version of yourself by removing pieces, by subtracting what shouldn't be here, what isn't serving me. When I think of the mogul, what does she do? How does she live? Does she take care of her health? Does she, you know, move her body every day? How does she speak to people? Is she a better leader? You know, mogul was who I dreamed of being years ago. As I look into my 2023, I have so many things that I am excited about this year. I mean, just in podcast space alone, the guests that we have coming up, I can't even really think about them because there are names on that I'm going to interview that I'm so excited. I like could cry. So I'm not even going to think about them because they're so big and they are literally people that I have had on my dream podcast guest list for years. I get one and I'm like, no way. And then I get another, like, it's just all, I'm so, but here's the thing. The, the interviewer that I long to become, I'm not her yet. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm nowhere near the level that I want to be at. I want to get to the end of 2023 and like be like, oh my God, I really worked hard. And I've been doing this for six years and I'm not yet where I want to be. Honestly, I'm like, oh, I've improved so much. And I'm so proud of how I'm in an interview. And then just the other day, who was I? Dr. Drew. I did an interview with Dr. Drew. And I was so interested in what he was saying. I listened to it later because I usually will, will listen to these before they come out. And, uh, I listened to it again and I was like mortified. I was mortified because in the interview with him, I kept going like, mm, oh, yes. Like I did what I would do if you and I were sitting and you were telling me a story. I verbally and with facial features and all that, I respond. Like I think it's growing up in a church where you talk back to the preacher on stage. I do that. That is who I am as a person. It's terrible if you're an interviewer. Because my audio is being picked up and then you as the listener, I assume, are like, oh my God, Rachel, stop making sounds. But I'm only making sounds because I was so interested in what he was saying that I couldn't stop. I wasn't conscious of it in the moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I had come so far and we're still, okay, let's remember because I got some big interviews coming up and I swear if I do that in a big interview, I'm going to just... Oh, I'm so mad at myself. So like the person that I want to be and the ways that I want to grow, I'm not her yet. I've got work to do. But that looks like subtraction. That looks like 
self-awareness that looks like, it's why I do a calendar audit, looking back on the person that I was in the last 12 months and going, hey, what parts and pieces of this do we not want to bring in? What are the things that we really want to let go of because they're not serving us? If we want to level up, guys, if you want to soar, remove some of the anchors around your feet. You got to let go of some stuff. And the only way you're going to let go of some stuff is that you have to be conscious of what you need to let go of. Grab a journal. Maybe you do this as part of your, your calendar audit, but grab a journal and just ask, what do I need to subtract? If I'm a work of art, and of course you are, what are the parts that need to come off? And it doesn't have to be everything. You don't have to try and figure out everything all at once. But being conscious that a work in progress is not just someone who's trying to add things to their life. It's someone going, I'm going to release this. I'm going to let this go. One of my favorite Oprah quotes is, you can't receive anything if your hands are full. What do you need to let go of so that you can receive what the universe has in store for you? What do you need to subtract? Now, I have inadvertently thought I was going to do a single episode, but I got so pumped about all the things that I was saying that I realized this is going to have to be a two-parter because otherwise it's going to be way too long for you guys. So this is part one, apparently which is setting your intention and figuring out what you need to subtract. Come back tomorrow for part two, and I'm going to talk about, yes, we're going to add. What do we multiply? What are the things that are working? What All of that. And then what does it look like? Where, where are we bringing in division? What does that mean? And how can that process really help us to level up and to level up with less stress, with less overwhelm, to do it in a really smart way? So I want you to come back to tomorrow's episode and grab that. And if you have time, if, if you're not listening to this in real time, this has already come out, head over to part two. It'll be the next in the lineup and you can get the next piece. But I hope what you've heard so far is super helpful. Guys, if you are still with me, would you please consider sharing this episode? Share it on your social or send it to a friend that you think could really benefit from it. Uh, the podcast will always be available for free to listeners. And the thing that's most helpful is if you tell other people about the work. So if you do that, that'd be awesome. And until part two, I want you to remember that I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.